What's good, people? What's good, people? Welcome to another edition of Politrick here on the Got What You Need Network. Of course, I'm your host, Sky. Today, we're going to follow up on um, Congressman George Santos out of the 3rd District of New York. Um, we also, I want to talk about um, President Biden and why some of the reasons that many of us have pause about him getting the nomination in the first place is now coming to light. And then, man, just have a very sad story that makes me angry out of L.A. Um, where Keenan Allen, Keenan Anderson, excuse me, was um, he's a teacher um, and a father, and, and he was pretty much murdered by the LAPD when he was flagging them down and asking for help. And... I'm going to just start there. Every time a person of color or even some white advocate who see some of the nonsense that goes on brings up situations like this in, in regards to why reform is needed, um, like it's always like, you're, you're anti-law enforcement. Oh, you're saying that now, but then if you need the, the police, you'll call. And, 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 and I want to go with that point. Here, this gentleman was flagging the police down because of a car accident collision. I think it was described that in the story I read out of the LA Times. And instead of seeing what he wanted and trying to protect and serve this gentleman, they immediately saw him as a threat, tased and restrained him, and ultimately that led to his death. And I just don't understand why so many flock to get jobs in law enforcement and they're scared of the people in the community that they're serving. That just baffles me to no end. It's like just become something else in life or, or, or go to the like California is big, it's huge, like it's country size big. I'm pretty sure you could find a police department that, that needs help, that it's more people that look like you where, you know, this thing, you know, doesn't happen. And I'm not trying to describe this as a racial thing because I don't even know the makeup of, of the police officers or, or, or what have you. So I don't want to immediately make this a black and white thing, even though it's, you know, he's the cousin of, you know, Black Lives Matter um, co-founder and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't even want that to be part of this. I'm just talking about the attitude of law enforcement when it comes to black and brown men and that they immediately see us as a threat until there isn't a threat. Instead of 
like diagnosing the situation and looking at us as people of the community that help pay their salary as well. But it like but we can never count on on that or whatever. So I, I just hope that, you know, since all the body cam um and you know footage has already come out or whatever, that this could just be handled real quickly. It shouldn't be a long drawn out trial. This was definitely excessive force. And if they <clears throat> if they if they could use excessive force in a situation where they're being flagged down for a traffic accident, then imagine what would be the deal if if it was a potential violent encounter and how the potential for them to overreact is there, we already know it. So I just feel like if if the LAPD allowed us to go, uh, allowed us to just pass or whatever, it's just gonna lead to future problems um, and incidents from these officers in the future. That's just my opinion on that. But let's move on to uh, Congressman Santos. So, just fo- you know, following up from you know last show, and you know the lies, um, him being wanted in Brazil, him going from making like fifty, fifty-five thousand dollars a year at a job to then suddenly being able to donate seven hundred thousand to his own congressional campaign. Now, now we know that he hasn't even moved into his district office um, in Long Island. He represents the New York 3rd District. It's a um, district partially of, I think it's Northeast Queens and then part of Nassau County in, on, on Long Island. So part of New York City and you know, part of Long Island is his district. Usually a blue district, but he was able to flip it um, you know, due to that, <clears throat> due to the New York Times and the Daily News ODing on on crime, and not to say that it's not crime going on in New York, but then to write stories about you know New York and the areas around New York being some of the safest in America right after the campaign just showed that they was in on they was in on the fix. But let's not get too far over there. Let's go back to Santos. So he hasn't even moved into the district office. Hasn't even taken down his predecessor's name off the door did anything because people in the district want to ask him about his lies. Um, The Republican um, delegation, um, I want to say Long Island, but I think it's the entire state of New York, but I just want to, I know for sure the Republican delegation in Long Island wants him to resign. Um, they're challenging constituents. If you see them in the district, take a picture of them because they're starting to wear, where's George campaign because they want him to come and answer the questions in regards to the lies. And it's just peculiar to me that um, Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, could then talk about any kind of investigation 
in regards to ethics, in regards to morals, in regards to anything like that, when he has someone in his caucus that his entire life story as he has told it is a complete and utter lie, which 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 is not illegal, <laughs> you know, but then you're wanted for, um, he's wanted for check fraud, you know, in Brazil. And they, you know, they want him and they want him to come back and, and answer for charges. Um, he has possibly committed tax fraud in regards to that six-figure donation to his campaign when just a year prior he was only making five figures. Then, you know, like I said, to just be hiding, to not answer any questions, to go on what he deems is like safe podcast. I think he was on with um, um, Congressman um, Matt Gates, and he said the only way he would, would resign if 142,000 people told him to. And that's basically um, the makeup of any congressional district, I believe, uh, or, or, or whatever, man. But um the the GOP to me can't do any type of investigations that could be taken seriously until they either force him out or he resigns but they don't want to do that because they know they'll lose the seat that that's the problem and um, it, it won't do anything um, to the power structure. Um, Kevin McCarthy would still be a Speaker of the House, but his already razor-thin margin would then even be thinner. So then if you had any moderates that would join the Democrats um, in any type of um, bill that would come up for vote, he'd have a problem. And we already know he doesn't have control of his caucus the way um, former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi did. People made that out to be a bad thing. But you see that she never brought anything up for vote that she didn't think, think would pass. Watch. I guarantee you before Easter, there'll be at least two bills that he will put up thinking that they will pass and, you know, just to get shut down in, in, in the um, Senate. And that way they could say, oh, we passed this in the House, we passed that in the House. And I guarantee you that they won't. That's two. So mark it down. We, we won't get to Easter and there'll be not one, but at least two bills that he will bring up that they won't pass. Because once again, there are so many different factions of his caucus and so many different factions of his caucus that don't even respect him. So, like I said, we'll we'll see um, how that plays out and we'll see how long it takes for um, Santos to step down. I believe I said on the last podcast that I gave him to like Valentine's Day or something like that. Like, um, he, he, he won't make it. Um, he won't make it that long. Um, too much pressure from too many people, even though there were powerful Republicans that knew about his lies during the campaign. Um, 
And for those who said that the Democrats didn't do aqua research, they did. But the major papers and the major media in um, New York City and the tri-state area didn't cover it. So um, I think just a a small Long Island newspaper um, covered it. But besides that, um, you know, no ABC, NBC, CBS, no, no local, no local coverage in regards to it. Um, no coverage in the major new newspapers, Daily News, um, um, New York, New York Times, New York Post, um, none of them, you know, um, co- you know, covered that. They were too busy um, inflating, you know, um, crime statistics to um, say that the Demo- to basically equate the bail reform with the crime. Now you don't even hear that anymore. Um, I guarantee you that the same type of things that were being heavily reported during the campaign is still going on in New York City. But, you know, and I don't want to just say that it's like part of what goes on, but even in areas where there are police, you're going to have issues. Um, in an area where a lot of people congregate or just in a, in a city where that many people live and there's such a, dyna- such a great large dynamic between, you know, the low and the high, like in, in New York or whatever. Um, if you ever get a chance to watch... This special on um, on um, Netflix, um, I think it's called Park Ave, and it just talks about how this street um, goes from like the richest part of the world, um, you know, Park Ave, all the way into the Bronx, to one of the poorest congressional districts in the country, and just. Oh, it, it, it's something very interesting, and, and I think you would enjoy it. And let's check it out, man. And this, it's not about you know shitting on those who have, you know, versus those who haven't. But it's just, it's just this talks about like this one road, this one street you can ride from, basically riches to rags or rags to riches, you know, and it's just crazy. So we'll we'll see um in the next um few weeks um what's gonna happen with with um Congressman Santos but he he won't last um when your own state and county um I guess representatives are basically saying they're not messing with you and this is coming from both sides of the aisle. I don't care what they say in Washington. He's he's going to be ineffective because he's not going to be able to secure any money for his district, for any projects for his district, and that's going to be that. So um, he's either going to have to step down or there's going to easily be able to be a call. They're going to easily be able to, excuse me, um, call a recall election to... Um, 
have his seat um, redetermined. So um, we'll have him recalled and then they'll have a special election, I believe. I, I don't think someone can appoint a congressman or a congresswoman. I believe that a special election um, you know, need, needs to happen or whatever. But um, I'll double back on that um, next show. All right, man. Um, I remember when the campaign for the 2020 nominees was coming and, um, and, and, I, and I was just saying, I, I understand not wanting to go for a super progressive or someone deemed too far to the left, which I, I don't really know what, what that means. Um, to make bad people who feel the government should have a bigger role in helping people, I think is crazy. And I say that because people who pretend to want government out of their business only want government out of their business when they get in trouble. Or when they want to do something illegal and don't want to be held accountable. But other than that, what do they do? Bitch about what? Prices, gas prices, all these type of things or whatever in which government has a role in. So when these people are like, I'm I'm for small government, eh, you know, like what? It is it, like anytime someone says that to you, please follow up with that. But not to not to get too far off topic. Um, I understood that people didn't want to go for like your Warrens or your Sanders, um, your Castro's. Castro, I'm telling you, a Castro Warren ticket would have been fire. But um, we went with this so called safe choice in, in in Joe Biden. Oh, he was the only one that could beat Donald Trump. I don't know, maybe. But myself, I believe um, Sean talked about a little bit. And, and we just talked about like him being Republican light, um, him having some baggage um, similar to many Republicans and that that would probably come out um, in the wash, and then his son. Now look, right? I, I want him to tell my age a little bit. Not that I'm ashamed of it, but uh, we could think back to. I could think back. I don't want to say we. I could think back to President Carter. All right, his daughter. What did she do? Did she go work for a foreign government? No. All right. Ronald Reagan. Now, Ron Reagan is nothing like his daddy. Whatever. All right. So let's just start there. But. Did he go work for a foreign government? No. Um, um, what, Bush won or, or whatever. We know his sons both got, in, got into politics or whatever. Then let's go to the second Bush. His daughters, what do they do? They take some of the lowest uh, of jobs that you could think of. They became what? School teachers, all right? Um... The Obama kids, I don't know if they're still in college or whatever, but they're not working for a foreign government either. Only one kid 
I could think of in recent history that could be that naive to work for a government in which your father is basically the liaison for the United States for that country. And that was Ukraine when he worked for Burisma. Even if he is found to have done nothing like, let's say, illegal, him working with that company was stupid and him and was wrong. All right. Then let's talk about when his pops was vice president and he was on an official visit and his son accompanied him to China. Then all of a sudden there's an email um oh my god what did it say um it, it was in regards to Hunter Biden making introductions and getting like 600,000 for introducing this Chinese businessman man to people. Now, they haven't found out who these introductions were, but <laughs> come on. We know it was for to introduce this Chinese businessman to his daddy. All right? And, and the fact that President Biden know that this stuff happened and knew this stuff went on and still ran for president, knowing all the trash that, that Donald Trump you know, was in, and now to be able to make all these false equivalencies because him and his son, and I don't want to dwell on this because I'm talking about um, one person who isn't here, but you have to be a different individual to romance your dead brother's spouse. Uh, like, when people talk this, you can't help who you love. I, in some cases, yes, you fuck, you can. And so for me, like, this guy isn't really, like, a good guy. But then on top of that, he's not smart or he thinks he's too smart. And that's a problem as well. Look, man, I understand that everybody should be able to make a living. But unfortunately, when your parent become like attain certain positions in life or through or, you know, in regards to their career, there are going to be certain things in certain places you can't go and you can't work. And for Hunter Biden not to know that working with Burisma would bring his father, as well as even the Obama campaign, I mean, the Obama administration, under scrutiny, it, it, like, that's just a bridge too far for me to cross and believe. And it just goes back to, to privilege. It just goes back to selfishness. It, it goes back to um, for um, President Biden's attitude before he was picked for vice president and he was running against Obama. 
and he really was just brushing them off. Oh, he ain't, he don't have enough experience. What's going to happen when he get that 2, 2 a.m. call and he was talking all greasy about it? Never really, never really respected him, you know, um, um, at first. And don't really think he fully respected him as president and, and felt like he should have always been the number one guy. And, um, like, all of this stuff that's coming out now, and now um, Attorney General um, Merrick Garland having to um, appoint a, a special prosecutor to then now look at um, President Biden having classified documents. Now, it's totally different than the Trump case, but at the same time, it's like, Like, how are you so sloppy that they have to even say, hey, you took some stuff that you shouldn't have taken? Now, once again, to his credit, he gave it back. But guess where they found some of the classified documents? At at the offices of a Hunter Biden, quote unquote, think tank. I, I I, I can't make this stuff up. I, I I can't. So, once again, man, like sometimes, man, we ain't hating. Sometimes we just saying, yo, go with someone else. And this was before I even knew about the 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 documents. I knew about Burisma. I didn't quite know the the China connections. And to me, the China, if they're able to prove that he was basically charging um, 600000 for foreign businessmen to meet his dad or anybody on his father's staff, that, that, that's enough right there. Like, you know, to to start like a real investigation into like what what are the Bidens really about? Um and um and just not to show that I'm not bombing on them. I think um First Lady um Dr. Jill Biden has been diagnosed with cancer. So our, our thoughts and prayers do go out to her. Uh, uh just a brilliant woman. Um you know, so, you know, big shout out to her and we wish her a, a, a speedy recovery. But her husband and her baby boy, they they in the stay in some nonsense right now. And if I'm gonna be calling calling the orange dude out on the stuff he do, I'm definitely gonna be calling um Biden out. You know, it's one thing for like the little gaffes and you know, the, the, the missteps and, you know, things like that that you expect from somebody that old. So you just look you just look past it. But some of this stuff looks like deliberate, if not wrongdoing, like deliberately trying to be sneaky and being cute. And, you know, and, you know, this ain't, this is maybe not on the level of like, the blatant stuff that um, Jack Kushner was doing, you know, working with the Saudis. But regardless of, you know, how um, it's initiated or executed, um, a lot of times both ways and both methods and both actions, if actually is a better word, 
are wrong. So um, fair is fair. Uh, We're going to stay on top of um, um, this Biden situation. Um, I'm, I'm not worried about the, the tax um, and the gun nonsense with, with Hunter Biden. The Republicans can't say that, that everybody should have a machine gun, but the president's um, son can't have a handgun. So, um, you know, you, 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 you definitely just have to pick the side on that one. Like, you know, like if, if, if machine guns are illegal for 18-year-olds, the, the, the son of a president, I think we could find a reason why he, he may need to have a gun on him for, for protection. I, I, you know, I'm just saying. All right. All right. Well, look, that's my time. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Politrick here on the Got What You Need Network. Be sure to check out the other great podcasts on this dope network. Ian Friends, Life and Love, the Blackmail Podcast, Encourage and Inspire Podcast. And of course, here, Politrick, hosted by yours truly. That's my time. Peace.